Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Murder. Welcome to Death Do Us Part Podcast, hosted by my wife, Jamie. Hello. And myself, Mark. What up, y'all? Hey. Hey. Today is one of those days. You guys are going to hear the dog, because literally this is the seventh time we have tried to start without him whining. Yeah. Um. So we're going to do what we do with our kids when they whine. We're going to fucking ignore him. Right. <laughs> so. Yeah. We just gave him some medicine to try to calm the fuck down. But I, I don't know what his deal is today. He's, oh, my God. He, he's amped up and he won't stop whining. Is it going to storm? Maybe. Are you going to have a panic attack? No, I'm good. My blood sugar's okay. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's going to storm. And, I don't know. But what, you know what? <sighs> One day of normalcy. I know. Right? I, I don't I don't even need like a horseshoe shoved up my butt. I don't need to win the lottery. I don't need, I need normalcy. Yes. I worked last night. I worked all weekend. You, I worked last night. Yep. I got home at what? 10? Yeah. So I worked 6 o'clock last night till 9.30 this morning. Got home. Went to bed. Wake up. Chase Bank can suck a dick for the second week in a row. Right. They fuck the us again. The dog won't calm the fuck down. And, yeah. I mm. Like, yeah. Mm. We need to calm down. Uh, like, just one day of fucking something going right. Do we have any liquor that's cold? I, babe, I, mean, I don't know. Like, I, I actually, I might have a beer after this. Cause, or during this. Fuck it. Because, holy fuck. This coffee ain't doing it. One day. Right. Normalcy. Right. That's it. Dear God, dear baby Jesus. Please. That's all we ask for. Baby Jesus, please. I don't need to win the lottery. Right. I don't. I just need the dog to stop that. Right. Now he's whistling out of his nose. (laughs) Oh my God, just stop. Ugh. Babe, what's green and has wheels? Jesus fucking Christ, what? Grass. I lied about the wheels. <laughs> wow. It made you smile. Wow. <laughs> it made you smile. Yeah. Somebody, uh, oh, you know what? Somebody gave me a joke to tell to you. Mm-hmm. Hang on. All right. I gotta find it now. Yeah. All yeah, right. people have been giving me some jokes and they're uh, pretty good. Why did the Scarecrow win an award? I don't know. He was outstanding in his field. <laughs> I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. All right, hang I, I, now I have to text work because somebody just texted me that they were showering and going to be on their way. Oh, okay. Um, he's like, hey, boss lady, I'm taking a shower and then I'm coming in. <laughs> <laughs> So. I like that boss lady. He calls you boss lady all the time. I used to call you boss lady. Yeah, he's so funny. He uh, 
he called on the way to work. He's like, I'm going to be late. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Because he works at another job. Yeah. He's like, yeah, uh, I saw this motorcycle crash. And I'm like, oh, okay. He's like, can I get an ambulance? I said, honey, they're already on their way. Right. I said, thank you for stopping, but get your ass in your car and come to work. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I need a south car. So. Uh, And then it's pretty funny. One of the towns that we cover is all over the news now. News news channel five or whatever. Oh, the police are chasing this car. We don't know what it's for. It's a stolen fucking car. Which. And they bailed out into the mall, which is hilarious. Which again, I say. It's a Tuesday. Right. Nobody understands it, but for some reason, all fucking hell breaks loose on fucking Tuesdays. Yeah. It's a Tuesday. Dude, there was a while um, we were keeping track of it. Like, all our homicides homicides were were landing on Tuesdays for a long fucking time. People think I'm crazy because they're like, so like, what days are are worse than others? And I was like, well, there's really no. You would think the weekend. Right. And it's not. No. I said, there's really no rhyme or reason. You know, some days are worse than others. Some are not. I said, but for some fucking reason. Yeah. Tuesdays. Dude, for a while we were going months where it was just ev- like ev- almost every Tuesday. Tuesdays. Mm-hmm. It's I, I don't know what it is. Yeah. Is it going to be a full moon or something? I don't know. Probably Mercury. Uh, Mercury's in retrograde because I usually fucking take it up the ass when that happens. Uh, so, shut up. Don't. Uh, no. Really. So uh, I met um some more of the the task force. They're all faces I don't know. Uh, and uh. Yeah, it's a lot of new people. It is. It is. And they needed, one of them needed something for me. So I was like, well, if you can, I was like, I can't leave the hub where I am sitting (laughs) to get you what you need. If you can come here, I'll let you in the doors and I'll give you what you need. Yeah. So this this lady, I'll call her a lady. I keep calling her a girl. She's a cute little girl. Um, She comes in and I am now dispatching uh, a, a... multi-victim fatality accident yeah and three other calls and i'm like so what do you need and i'm typing it in one computer and then i'm telling another crew how to go and route with mabus and then i go right. back and i type it in another computer and she's what, just standing there what is mabus so oh people it's know. like the um it's I, like mutual aid like mutual aid yeah so like if you're calling like if you need multiple departments at one time yeah you go on mabus and mabus is a group for of illinois departments. right right so it's a they group departments together so you have mabus divisions right so um just this, so people know this cause... poor girl was just standing there and she's looking at me and i was like keep staring at the computer you're about to dispatch <laughs> so right yeah she was cute right She's like, yeah. I said, did you guys call it the task force? And she's like, yeah. So, you know, no sleep. And I was like, oh, I know. I said, my oh, husband used yeah. to come home, shit, shower, shave. I'd make him a new lunch and a new cup of coffee and off he'd go again. And she's yep. like, so, you know, she's like, I, I feel like this is why you can do 17 things at one time. And I'm exactly. like, yeah, probably. Yep. You're exactly right. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, uh, it's a long weekend. Yeah. Followed by a long night. Yeah. And this is. Oh, the last week of flag football. Oh, it is, yeah. Last oh, week, yeah, and then we'll have a couple months off, and then... Uh, we don't have a couple months off. Yeah, we do. We have speed and agility camp. We have football camp, are, are times we seven. Put, are we going to put him in that? Yeah. Okay. And then we have his practices start in July. July, yeah. So, oh, so we got, we, it's June, babe. Yeah. <laughs> it's June. Oh, I keep forgetting. <laughs> Fuck. That's why I'm like... A couple months, dude. Half, the fuck are you talking about? Half the year is gone. Yeah, flag God starts and we're we're committed August. until fucking November. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Well, reg- no, regular football season starts in August, but practices start in July. In July. That's what I'm saying. Once flag starts, so yeah, his, we're football committed till November. And his agility camp is six weeks. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. oh man, yeah, we're going right into it. I don't it. know why you're not. Took you a minute to realize that. Because well, my brain don't work. Well, you you just had your birthday, so you know when it is. Oh, yeah, babe, I fucking forgot I had my birthday. Jesus Christ. I uh I wore makeup yesterday. Yeah, you did. You like, look good. Everybody's Ooh. like, why are you like all makeup up? I was like, I'm old and frumpy, and I don't want to be. And oh, they're all. Babe. Everybody's like, okay. No, you looked really good well, yesterday. Thank you. Man. Now the odds of it happening again at seven a.m. are probably slim to none. But you know what? I did it one day, and I'm I'm okay. One day is better than none. Yeah. Yeah, one day is is good. Sat in a room and saw no one. Huh? Sat in a room and saw no one. No, that's all right. right. I don't care. You look good for yourself. Sometimes it feels good to dress up like that, you know? I like makeup. Yeah, I mean, hmm. it, it, there's nothing bad with that. Like, mm-hmm. there's times where I want to dress up and look a little bit nicer. Snazzy. Yeah, like nicer than just a t-shirt and gym shorts, you know? Yeah, I get it. So, uh, whatever, yeah. whatever. But uh, <sighs> we got some new Patreons, don't we? We do. You want to read them off? We have Deanna. Deanna, thank you. Stacy. Stacy, thank you. Who's a sergeant, you. I should say. So Deanna's a patrolman. Stacy's a sergeant. Sherry is a sergeant. Sherry, thank you. And Terry is a patrolman. Thank you, Terry. Thanks, guys. Awesome. Welcome to the family. You're the tits. Hope you guys enjoy the bonus episodes. Yeah. Which, so I think that's what we're doing next, right? Yeah. Next one is a Patreon. Next one is a Patreon. So. Should we tease it? Yeah. Why don't we? Fuck it. We're doing the Idaho case. Mm-hmm. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Which, I mean, there's a pretty significant amount of information. Yeah, there, there now. is. He has waived his right to a speedy trial, so he's obviously still waiting oh, yeah. to go to trial. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's you. It's it's you. You can't, you can't fight that. Mm-mm. You can't fight genealogy. No. No. Fuck it. You're guilty, yeah. dude. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yep. sorry. Yeah. But you're guilty. Mm-hmm. Thought you were smart. No. Yeah. Thought so, but so today. Today we got a good one. Today we and got it, a good one. It fits for the month. It is Pride Month. Happy Pride Month, everyone. Yes. Uh, I walked into work on June first, and <laughs> it was yelled at me. It's Pride Month, bitches. <laughs> like, you, okay. And I don't mean this in a gay way or like hurtful way, but like you have a lot of gay guys. Uh, I have. Um, yes. So we do have a lot of, yes, a lot of gay men employed at our company. No. So much so that um, one of them awesome. calls me so, queen and says they're my minions. Yeah. And I, he, you know. Yeah. And I, I don't mean that in a mean way. No. But they're awesome, Fuck too. Yeah. I, I fucking love them. Yeah. So, dude, he calls me queen. Yeah. what, Dude. I love you. How awesome is that? Yeah. And then we always talk about Marco. There's our yep. Marco. Yeah. Marco. And Gregory. Gregory. Yep. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So happy Pride Month, guys. Yep. Oh. And ladies. Marco wants me to go to the parade with him. Oh, really? Yeah, I've never been. It's always my birthday weekend. I've never been. Ooh, it'd probably be a good time. I'm going to go. Yeah, why don't you? I'm going to. I'd go, too, if you guys roll me. Marco, Marco, Marco would. Marco will push you. I won't. Yeah, Marco will push push me. Yeah, I And won't. then sit on my lap. Yeah, he will. I won't. I'll let him sit on my lap. Perfect. 
Done. <laughs> Done. You can wear like assless chaps. I I can. <sighs> While you're sitting in your butt, so that would. Yeah, no yeah. one would see it. No. Mm-mm. So yeah, Pride Month. Pride mm-hmm. Month. Happy Pride Month, everyone. Yep. Mm-hmm. So this case was actually huge. Um, this is going to be a tearjerker. This one, um, ooh, mm, yeah, I cried a lot yeah. doing research. It's going to be a tearjerker. Um, because, you know, a lot of people, uh, so I don't, I don't know how to put this. I'll try and put it. So we're doing the case of, of Matthew Shepard. Right. Um, which happened in 98. We were both in high school. Mm-hmm. We both remember it happening. Oh, yeah. Um, vividly remember it happening. Yeah. And, you know, when it comes to to stuff like this, yes, you know, you have your murder victim and, and people are like, they're, they're a brother, they're a sister. They're... People forget that, like, there's parents. Yep. There's parents that no longer have a child. And, like, his parents were a huge part in this, obviously. Um, this case was very controversial when it happened. Oh, yeah. Um, it has become more controversial as time goes on because an investigative journalist and i'll get into it a little bit more later comes out and says okay well you guys thought this but this it's really this right okay the details of his life don't change what don't matter it does not matter it doesn't change what happened right um you know there's very little legislation on hate crimes Mm -hmm. and there was almost nothing at this at time. At this time, yeah. And, you know, people were coming out and saying it wasn't a hate crime. It was a drug-related crime. But one of the killers says, make no bones about it. It was a hate crime. Yeah. So, like, how do you go against that? How, exactly. It, it doesn't He's matter. He's openly yes. admitting it. And it actually, the, the information that this investigative journalist comes out with almost makes it point more towards a hate crime. Right. So, it's It's horrific. Oh, it's it's, horrific it's bad. Yeah, it's bad. What happened to him? And yeah. the timeline I'm doing, I'm not starting with the murder. I'm I'm going in the timeline mm-hmm. of his life and obviously we'll get to the murder towards the end. Right. Um buckle in cuz it's probably going to be long. Yeah. And it's a tearjerker, <laughs> yeah. so. Um it's it's hard. Some parts are are hard. Yeah. They're really hard. But you know, it's not the first time I've cried yeah. recording. <laughs> Oh, I know. And I've teared up too before, so. Now, I also want to give a trigger warning. Mm -hmm. There are um, some derogatory words that were said by the killers. Oh, yeah. That I'm going to also say so I don't take away from the viciousness of their crimes. Um, It's not a word I use at all. Um. I, I know a few of my friends, I know it's a word that doesn't necessarily bother them, but I know it bothers other people. So it's said a few times. Um, like I said, I, I don't want to take it out because I I feel like you need to hear it. It goes with yeah, it. Yeah, it goes with the story, but it's it's vulgar. It's vulgar and it's cringy and I hate it. Yeah. But it was said a lot, which proves the point of a hate crime. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, trigger warning. Yep. There's my trigger warning. Yeah. All right. Want to just jump right into it? Yep. You ready? I'm ready. All right. 20 years after the murder that changed history, Matthew Shepard was finally laid to rest at the crypt of Washington National. Uh, National Washington, the Washington National Cemetery. Sorry. 
That's how long it took Dennis and Judy Shepard to find a safe resting place for their son. Uh, his dad would say, quote, Matt was blind, just like this beautiful house of worship. It's so important we now have a home for Matt, a home that others can visit, a home that is safe from haters. Yeah. The night of October 6th, 1998, Matthew Shepard was beaten beyond recognition and left for dead tied to a fence. He succumbed to his injuries six days later. One of his killers would state, quote, I hit him a few more times and his fag ass died. Jesus Christ. In Wyoming, where this occurred, there are no criminal hate crime laws, along with five other states. In another 15 states, hate crime laws do not expressly cover a victim's sexual orientation. In another 29 states, homosexuality can get you fired from your job. That's insane. That is absolutely (laughs) insane. The gay panic defense is still a valid defense in some states. As people across the country held candlelight vigils, one thing was being said by everyone. Matthew Shepard was killed because he was gay. Tolerance versus hate, good versus evil. But out of fear of deterring from his martyr Tim, significant details about Matt's life and struggles were never published. Mm. Yeah. Jesus. But pity is not the same as understanding, and Matt's story did not start at the fence. Matt came into this world prematurely and left it prematurely. This is Matt's story. Flip the page. Yeah, goosebumps are Matthew Wayne Shepard was born December 1st, 1976 in Casper, Wyoming to parents Dennis and Judy. He had a younger brother named Logan who was born in 1981 and the two of them were very close growing up. He attended Crest Hill Elementary and as a child he preferred the company of adults. Uh, He was friendly with all his classmates but he never really had a best friend, his mom said. He would get teased for being small and unathletic uh, but was fascinated by politics. He really? wanted to be an advocate, yeah. A local hairdresser wow. said, quote, we all thought he was going, going to grow up to be president. Wow. Um, he went to Dean Morgan Junior High School, followed by Natrona County High School for his freshman to junior years. Yeah. Around that time, his dad, who was an oil safety engineer, got a job with Saudi Aramco, which is a Saudi Arabian oil group. Mm. It was formerly known as Arabian American Oil Company, um, and it is a public petroleum and natural gas company based in Tehran, I believe is how you say it. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, in 2022, it was one of the largest companies in the world by revenue and it has the largest annual profits in global corporate history. Wow. Yeah. So in the summer of 1994, the family moved to Saudi Arabia. Really? They moved to the Saudi Aramco residential camp, which was a fenced-in, guarded compound for employees and their families only. Holy cow. It was located near the former U.S. consulate and the Dahran military base. Yeah. Uh, Because there were no American high schools in Saudi Arabia, Matt attended the American school in Switzerland, which is now called TASIS Switzerland. Huge, Mm. huge, famous school. Is it really? Uh, It's a private American international boarding and day school. Um, in Switzerland, which some famous people did go to. Really? Yeah, a lot mm. of them, we wouldn't know who they were. They're oh. aristocrats, and, you know. Oh, jeez. So he participated in theater and took German and Italian. Mm. Judy would say, quote, he was a snappy dresser. He was a good dancer and often went to clubs. Yeah. 
Now, in high school, um, the, his senior year, they planned a family or uh, a class trip. And, uh, you know, like, they pick Cancun and shit like that. Oh, for, yeah. yeah. Fuck um, yeah. These guys were like, we're going to Morocco. What's in Morocco? I don't. It's gorgeous. Is it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm. Okay. I don't know if I would pick that. but I mean, When you're there, I guess. I mean, if you're already living in Saudi Arabia and Switzerland, do you yeah, really want to go to Cancun? True. Do you need another beach? Mm, yeah. <laughs> so during his senior year, uh, Matthew participated in the class trip to Morocco. Now, one night he couldn't sleep, so he went to a local coffee house. Um, after chatting with a group of German exchange students, he headed back to where they were staying. Yeah. On his way back, he was dragged into an alley where he was assaulted Gang raped and robbed by oh six my locals. God. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, now at this point, he's not out. Yeah. He's not he's not publicly openly gay. Right. A lot of people would say that they knew, but he never came yeah. out. Yeah. Um, and he was assaulted and gang raped by six men. Oh my god. Um, he worked with police, but no one was caught. He ended up leaving school after graduation. He graduated in May of 1995, which was shortly after this trip to Morocco, and went and stayed with his parents in Saudi Arabia again. Um, He underwent intensive therapy, but continued to suffer anxiety, flashbacks, and nightmares. He was never the same after Morocco, is what his mom Judy would say. She said he he acted like a victim. Quote, he had the posture of a victim. He was the kind of person whom you would just look at and know if you hurt him that he's going to take it. That there's nothing he can do about it, verbally or physically. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Whew. That, yeah. That's rough. Yeah. Sorry. I had to move my phone. Um, so she goes on to say, quote, We were always worried about his physical safety and his mental state, that he would despair and hurt himself. It seemed to him that it was taking forever for him to feel safe again. Yeah. Um, Matthew was haunted by the fact that the perpetrators were never caught. And after the rape... That's got to be scary. Yeah. I mean, I know you're not in the same country, but it doesn't matter. Knowing that they're out there somewhere. Yes. Yeah. That's got to be scary. So after the rape, Matt suffered from periods of paranoia. He would say, quote, my fears are rational. I shouldn't be afraid of people. But Judy said he would then overcompensate by doing things that he shouldn't do. Uh, he would recklessly put himself and his safety in the hands of strangers. Really? He went on a family vacation to Yellowstone where he went into a bar in the town of Cody alone. Uh, he got extremely drunk with strangers and passed yeah. out. He woke up with a split lip and no memory. Oh, jeez. Um, a bartender that was questioned would say that... Um, uh, Matt made a pass at him and he felt compelled to hit him. Mm. Yeah. Now, after graduation, he really kind of struggled with yeah. what to do. He didn't, he was lost. He didn't know what he wanted to do. Yeah. He's just trying to find his which, way at know, this point. You which know? is common. So he started at Catawba College in Salisbury, North Carolina. Now, this is where Matthew had his first serious relationship with a man oh um, wow. okay this man made him very unhappy mm-hmm. and from what matt would later tell his mom uh he he allowed this man to repeatedly hurt him oh jeez. so he just 
dealt with it. He was just sad. Yeah. You know, and alone. So when that didn't work out, he went to Casper College in Wyoming. And that's where he met uh, a friend by the name of Romaine Patterson. Um, she said he was looking for a gay community and we took him in. Yeah. Uh, she moved to Denver a few months later and Matt followed. He settled in Denver. Hmm. He worked as a telemarketer selling vitamins, but hated it and quit. <laughs> <laughs> so he would hang out at the coffee shop that Romaine waitressed at. Yeah. And she would say, quote, he'd sit down and have these great conversations with strangers. His focus was to help people who were less fortunate. Yeah. Now, he was diagnosed with clinical uh, depression and anxiety. Mm. And he actually looked into moving into uh, a place called Karis Community. Yeah. Which was a Denver assisted living home run by mental health professionals. So it's assisted oh, wow. living for people with mental health issues, which oh, that's cool. is amazing. Yeah. That's I've, awesome. I've never heard of that before. I'd never have heard of that either. No. And I just found out, I believe there's a place close to here that was a rehab facility and now yeah. they have permanent residential housing. So I wonder really? if they do that. I wonder if that's the kind of housing they have. That's a fucking great mm-hmm. idea. Mm-hmm. So he decided at this point he was going to move to Laramie and attend the University of Wyoming. Okay. Um, so his parent that was his parents' alma mater. Mm-hmm. Now, it was a small town, and he thought that it would provide the safe sense of community. Right. Now, Matthew didn't come out until after high school, uh, but like I said, many knew from an early age, including himself, that, that he was gay. Mm-hmm. Um, he struggled with how to come out to his parents, no, which I think yeah. is a struggle it's, for for everyone. Yeah, um, it's got to be tough. His friend Brian Gooden said, "Quote: His mom tried to be supportive, but she still has some misunderstandings. Some hope it was just a phase he was going through." Um, Matt desperately wanted acceptance and understanding from his parents, and he believed they would come around, but he just wanted it to be quicker. Yeah. So he would try and kind of like drop hints to his parents. Mm-hmm. Now, Judy would later say, quote, that's absurd. I knew he was gay all along. Mm-hmm. So he called her from North Carolina in 1995 to tell her, and she reassured him that not only was she not surprised, but she had known for years. Yeah. And he said that he was having a hard time figuring out how to tell his dad. Oh, yeah. And Matt said, don't, don't tell dad. Please don't tell dad. Really? So Judy's like. I promised him I wouldn't tell his dad. Yeah. And then I hung up the phone and told his fucking dad. <laughs> I, I, I'm sure his dad Because you knew. don't want to... She's like, I don't want... I didn't want him to say something that he would regret yeah. without thinking about it. Because yeah. sometimes you just shoot off at the mouth and you don't. That's true. You get word mouth vomit. Yes. You know. So he ended up... Matt worked himself up, danced around it for really a year. Dennis knew... He said he always knew, yeah, really. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, parents yeah. know. And he didn't want to ask Matt before he knew Matt was ready to tell him. Yeah. Um, and Dennis was hurt that he felt like he couldn't confide in him. Oh. So Matthew called him one day and said, Dad, I have to tell you something really important. Yeah. Dennis is like, okay, what? And he's like, I'm gay. And Dennis is like, okay, so what's the really important thing you wanted to tell me? <laughs> right. So, like, it, they knew, <clears throat> you yeah. know? yeah. Now, Judy, was she was very, very honest and open in these interviews. She said, you know, it didn't change anything with him, but you do have this period where you almost mourn 
his future for him. Oh, yeah. You know, you're not going to have a daughter-in-law and you're not going to have this big wedding and you're not... And now, mind you, this was in the 90s, so things are, are a lot different now. Uh, yeah. You know, you're not going to have this big wedding and grandchildren. and but Right. You can. Now yeah. you'll just have a son-in-law. Now you can. You know, so... Um, this this was important too. Um, Judy said, "Quote: He said he didn't choose to be gay. Nobody would have chosen to be gay. It's a very hard life. You're lonely. You're scared, and you're discriminated against." Mm-hmm. He was worried that we would be embarrassed or ashamed. Oh, that's what I don't that's understand. When people say, "Well, they picked it," no, I'm sorry. They didn't. Did you wake up one day and pick to be attracted to females? Right. No, it just happened, it, right? It just cool. is. Just happened to people who happen to like somebody of the same sex. Right. It's the same fucking thing. It, it is. But that's such a, a valid point. Who would choose that? Who would choose that? Who would choose that? I mean, especially right. then? Oh, yeah. Like, Jesus fucking Christ. Grow a brain. Grow a brain. Right? God, yep. me fucking crazy. So... Does it piss you off, babe? Oh, babe. <laughs> I mean, I've I've had friends tell me stories of they they that they had the cops called on them because they kissed their boyfriend in a, in a fucking oh, restaurant. Jesus. And this was like Come on. five years ago. Unreal. But now, I what, could I fuck you in a booth and get away with it, right? But God forbid, my buddy can't kiss his boyfriend. Right. Are you serious? Yeah, that's that's stupid. <laughs> So at the University of Wyoming, he decided to major in political science and minor in languages. Oh, nice. In September of 1998, uh, he had midterms coming around. He was afraid of failing and was feeling a lot of pressure, um, his friend Tina said, to, quote, not fuck up. (laughs) Um, Matt had ADD. Same dude, same. Oh, yeah. And really struggled as a student. Him getting B's um, was huge. But it was a pattern for him to have anxiety about classes, so he'd skip classes, and then he would skip so much he couldn't catch up. But this this time at University of Wyoming, he was really trying. Um, he did not choose to move. He chose to stay and try to make it work. Yeah. Um, Judy said they were very hopeful at the beginning of the semester. Mm-hmm. The plan was to give it his all in Laramie for the semester, and then if need be, try something different. Yeah. Maybe get into more intensive therapy. Um, but only a month into the semester, he was becoming more sad and withdrawn. No. He saw a psychiatrist who prescribed Effexor, which is an antidepressant. Oh, yeah, which man. Mark did not do well with. Does not do good a with me. A lot of people don't. Man. Ooh. Now, what I've also heard, too, the side effects are swift and they are hard. But if you can get past them, it's relatively effective. But oh, getting I, past I them? I couldn't whew. get past it. No. It, it was bad. No. Bad news for me. Um, And he was also given clonopin, which is an anti-anxiety medication. Yeah. Um, Judy was concerned that he would drink if he didn't feel the meds were working, mm-hmm. which is very common yeah. to self-medicate. Um. But that combination would only really deepen his sadness. Um, he was looking for a therapist that he could really talk to. Yeah. And for people in therapy, you know that that's very hard. That's all you want. And it's very hard to find. It, it is. You have to find somebody that you're going to mesh with. That Otherwise, you feel you're not comfortable com- talking exactly. to. Exactly. You, know? you, you want to feel comfortable. You want to be able to talk. And that's it. Sometimes you just want someone to listen. Right. 
take an hour out of your day once a week to just get it all out. Exactly. No offense, but like, you know, sometimes you don't want it to be your significant other. No, you don't. You just want it to be a random person. Because sometimes it's about your significant other. Exactly. So, no. Um, He was seeing someone at the student center. Um, but he felt that that therapist was more focused on his academic goals and not so much the depression. Um, after a night out, he told his friend Tina that he had a suicide plan. Oh, jeez. And said that no one would notice until all the bills piled up. <sighs> he said he would take all of his Klonopin and wash it down with alcohol. <clears throat> he never, he didn't. He never did. Thank God. Um, he ended up the next morning fighting with his mom uh, over his bank account being overdrawn. Yeah. Um, he called her the morning after that to apologize and say that he would do better and that he loved her. Aww. Um, Judy said the last words she said to Matthew were, I love you too. Be safe. So on October 6th, 1998, Matt had plans with an old friend, uh, Walt Bolden to see a movie for Walt's birthday. Now, Walt was an old, um, he was a former guidance counselor of mm. Matt's who was also gay okay. and Matt came out to him um, mm. they think he was one of the first ones that Matt came out to yeah and it, you know he he understood where Matt was coming from because when Walt came out he, he actually had children and he was afraid oh, wow. of how his children would react in the same sense that Matt was afraid of how his parents would react yeah. so he remained very close with him mm-hmm. um, at around 6.30 he canceled he said he had to study for a French class uh, he then attended a weekly LGBTA meeting for the school. Uh, they were finalizing plans for the Campus Gay Awareness Week, which was supposed to start the following Monday. Mm-hmm. Uh, an association chair at the meeting said that he was called a faggot on the way to the meeting. Oh, and his response was he stopped and punched the guy in the face. Good. That's exactly what you fu- should uh, fucking do. That's exactly what mm-hmm. you should do. Hell yes. So after the meeting, the group went to the village inn to eat dinner. Matt tried to get the group to go to the fireside lounge for a few drinks, but no one really wanted to go. Yeah. Um, group member Kim Nash drove Matt home and watched him go inside. It's unknown at this point why he decided to go back out. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was karaoke night, and that doesn't normally interest hey. him. Yeah. It interests me, um, though. A close friend would later say that depression might have weakened his judgment, and that's why he went out. Yeah. Um, the friend also kind of wonders if he took Klonopin before he went out, um, saying, quote, when he was depressed, he would just grab a handful. Oh, Jesus. Um, now, much later... It's strong stuff. Yeah. I take it. Much later, it would be speculated that Matt went to buy drugs. No. Um, you can't mix. Now, Judy thinks that that night was example, was an example of Matt's counterphobia, yeah. which he's overcompensating mm-hmm. by being afraid. So he tries not to be afraid. Yeah, you know? of course. So say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Well, the Fireside Lounge is a rough bar, but not a menacing one. It's a rowdy but friendly atmosphere, was how it was described. 
Um, now, it was also... <laughs> how, how can you have both? <laughs> it's a rowdy, I mean, but... we're rowdy, but friendly. Uh, yeah, true. Okay. It just... Um, now, it was purportedly <laughs> also gay-friendly. Okay. Now, there were no gay bars in this area. Yeah. yeah. But it was, it was allegedly gay-friendly. Um, Matt Galloway, who was a University of Wyoming junior, was bartending. He started at 10 o'clock that night, and he said Matt came in at 1030. Mm. He dressed in jeans and a sport coat and sat at the bar drinking Heineken and a mixed drink. Mm. He made conversation with Galloway, who would then describe him as, quote, amazingly polite, soft-spoken, but well-spoken, a person you could tell is kind, who would love to listen or be listened to. At 11.45, Aaron McKinney and Russell Henderson walked into the bar. Yeah. Um, they were both around 21 years old, um, mm-hmm. same age as Matthew. Yeah. Um, they ordered a pitcher of cheap beer in change. <laughs> and Fucking cheapos. Yeah, Galloway said that he one of them had noticeably dirty hands. Oh. He didn't want to take the change from them, and they were both really fucking rude. Uh, yeah. Gross. So Aaron McKinney was a semi-employed roofer with a troubled childhood. His parents divorced when he was young, and he spent most of his childhood alone. Uh, he was either left with his grandparents or locked in the basement. Oh, jeez. He fought a lot in school, uh, did poorly, failed the seventh grade. At 14, he went to juvenile detention for stealing a cash register. And at 16, his mom died after a botched surgery. Not a great upbringing. No. So he quit school and started working. Yeah. He then met his girlfriend, Kristen Price, uh, and promptly blew through the money that he won as a settlement from his mom. Oh, jeez. Caring about nothing after her death. He would go on drug binges. uh, He would buy jewelry and a Camaro with the license plate of Dopey. What? Really? Really? Sir, really? Really, dude. You might as well have just gotten, like, saved by the bell (laughs) on the fucking license plate. (laughs) Piece of shit. Now, in December of 1997, him and a couple of his buddies broke into a KFC. They stole $2,500 and multiple desserts. I am not judging. Yeah, that, I I don't know if I can judge. I would leave the money. Yeah, Give me some biscuits. But yeah. And some desserts. Desserts. Oh man, mm-hmm. some cheesecake or something. Ooh. <laughs> yep. So after that, him and Kristen fled to Florida with her mom, but he was caught by police and returned to Laramie. Uh, the two of them then had a son by the name of Cameron. Uh, his friend Russell Henderson was also a semi employed roofer with a somewhat troubled childhood. Okay. Kind of. Kind of. Um, he never knew his father. Oh, that's um, rough. He was taken from his mother's house at the age of 10 after being abused by a multitude of her boyfriends. Oh, Jesus. But he was put with his grandparents. Okay. That's still pretty rough. Yeah. Now, his grandparents, for all intents and purposes, were great. Um, they were strict, but they loved him. Yeah. Um, so they were Mormon, and he was following that faith. He became an honor student, a member of the FFA, and an Eagle Scout. So he was good. He was doing good. And then he met Aaron and started hanging out with Aaron and that crowd. Okay. So he quit school. Oh. 
and started working uh, menial jobs. Yeah. He ended up having a record for drunk driving and fighting with the police. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Now, he lived with his girlfriend, Chastity Paisley, or Pasley, I'm not sure. Their landlord described Russell as, quote, quiet and normal, but the neighbors described him as rowdy and loud. <laughs> Again, you have both. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess. How the fuck does that you're work? Gonna be polite, you know, you're going to be polite to the landlord. Yeah, of course. Not so much to the neighbors. The neighbors. Yeah. Who, dude, when people call for noise complaints, they crack me up. Well, can't you make them leave? <laughs> Ma'am, they live no, there. No, they live there. I'm no. sorry. Well, you really can't make them leave? Mm. Uh, uh, no. <laughs> no. And we can't do anything until 10 o'clock. Right. It is four in the afternoon. <laughs> I'm not quite sure it. what you want me to do. Right. Yeah. Uh, so Chastity was actually an art student at University of Wyoming. And in a twist of irony... Uh, when her parents divorced, her father fought for custody based on the argument that her mother was gay. What? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. He lost. Wow. Is that interesting? Mom's gay and still got custody. Ha. Good. Ha ha. Sucks for you. Ha <laughs> ha. Uh, the two couples spent all their time together and called each other, quote, best, best friends. Oh. They were BFFs. BFFs. They're all shitbags. Right. Every one of them. <laughs> so Aaron and Russell drank their pitcher and went to hang out of by the pool table beer. of cheap beer that they paid for with <laughs> right. change. It's probably mold style. Yeah. <sighs> uh, at some point, Matt moved from the bar to a table, uh, telling the patron that was already sitting at the table that he moved to get away from, quote, the assholes, mm. who were presumably... Aaron and Russell. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, shortly after midnight, Aaron approaches Matt to bum a cigarette. Words were exchanged, but it was more like a conversation was had, not like a like a beef, you know. Okay. Um, the two then walked towards the the bathroom. They didn't go into the bathroom together. There wasn't, you know, Aaron yeah. and Russell ended up going into the bathroom together prior to leaving. Okay. At twelve uh, fifteen to twelve thirty a.m., somewhere around that time. Matt, Aaron, and Russell leave the bar and get into Aaron's pickup truck, which is owned by his father. Mm-hmm. Um, Aaron would later say the initial motive was robbery. Oh. This is where it's going to get a little, little rough. A little rough, yeah. Um, Buckle in. But then he would say that he targeted Matthew because, quote, he was obviously gay. That played a part. His weakness, his frailty. Mm. Matt was small. He was... Probably five two five three. Was he really about a buck ten? Oh, geez, soaking wet. Yeah, he's a little guy. He's a little guy. Um, so it's alleged that they lured Matthew to the truck under the pretense that they were also gay and wanting to hook up. Now, there are some sources that say that Matt asked them for a ride. However, there are more sources that say that Aaron would admit later that this was the plan, was to lure him to the truck. Right. Um, They drove to a remote area in the Sherman Hills development in East Laramie. Russell was driving. Um, At one point in the ride, Aaron said, quote, we're not gay and you're getting jacked. Oh, Jesus. He immediately started punching and pistol whipping Matt. Matt voluntarily handed over his wallet 
with a whopping 20 fucking dollars in it. 20 bucks. That's it. 20 bucks. Yep, that's it. Um, Aaron was even asked later, did you have to forcibly take his wallet? Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, he just gave it to me. Okay, uh, so if it was robbery, why didn't you stop? Yeah, and end it right there. Yeah. Fucking toss him out of the truck. Yep. So then they drove to, um, excuse me, a remote dirt road where they were doing new construction. Yeah. And pulled over. Um, Aaron forcibly removed Matt from the truck. Evidence would later show that Matt struggled. And um, it appeared that he had attempted to run multiple times Put and up was a dragged back to the area. Oh, Jesus. Um, Aaron told Russell to get rope out of his truck, which was more like a clothesline. Yeah. Uh, he then instructed Russell to tie Matt's hands behind his back and then tie him to a prairie fence. Now, do you know what a prairie fence is? No. Okay, so it's not like a normal, it's not like a chain link fence. Okay. It's not like a wooden fence. So it's the fences along like pastures almost. Oh, it's okay. It's like the X yes. and then the two. So it's like the yeah. two standing up and then the X and then two standing up and then the X. Yes, okay. okay. So that's what he was he was tied to. Um, Aaron continued to beat Matthew with his fists and the butt of a 357 Magnum Smith and Wesson pistol. Oh my God. For those of you who don't know, that is a huge a 357 weapon. is a big gun. It's a huge weapon. Yeah. Um, it's thick. Russell at some point attempts to get Aaron to stop. Yeah. But he is pushed away and then he's hit in the face with the gun. What? Matthew was struck approximately 19 to 21 times. Oh, my God. Um, the last blow caused uh, um, just immense damage to his brainstem. Jesus. And this was the blow that knocked him unconscious. Mm-hmm. Um, due to the depressed skull fracture, his ear was almost completely ripped off also. They then took his shoes and left him. Now both men assume he was he was dead. Yeah. It it's October mm-hmm. in Wyoming. It's cold. It's fucking cold. Yeah. It drops to below freezing. Oh at yeah. Night. Um. So these two shitbags uh, drove back to town to look for Matt's house to rob his house. Jesus. In the process. What fucking assholes. Yeah, they um. They confront and then pick a fight with two uh, Mexican teenagers. Um, they confronted these two in a neighborhood that they believed was Matt's. So they're just racist assholes. Yeah. Now, uh, 19-year-old Emiliano Morales and 18-year-old Jeremy Herrera admittedly said that they were out just being shitheads. They were slashing tires for fun and just, you know, <laughs> yeah. vandalizing shit. Right. And these two picked a fight with them. Um, Aaron hit Emiliano with the gun. So then Jeremy hit Aaron with the stick he was hiding in his coat. I was like, Emilio. That's what I knew. I was thinking it as I wrote it, but his name is Emiliano. <laughs> right. And I'm like, Mark's still going to do it. I'm still going to do still it. still going to do it. Yep. I'm pretty sure that's why we had a guy named Emilio quit. <laughs> every time hey, he Emilio. walked in, I was like, and then I was like, Emilio. And he would look at me and I'm like, I'm sorry. And he's I probably can't. like, you fucking asshole. He was Can like, you stop? He was like 19. So we had no idea what I was talking about. Right. I was like, I'm, I can't help it. It's like, it's involuntary. It just comes out when I see you. 
He's probably like, you fucking you fuck asshole, asshole lady. Right. I'm quitting. You know he was. Like, right. Jesus fucking Christ is broad. I give up. I come to work in the fucking ghetto and this is what I have to deal with. Is some right. fucking white lady yelling, Emilio! Right. Yeah. So, someone at this point called the police. Um, Aaron and Russell ran when they got there and they left the truck. Mm-hmm. Officer, are you ready for this? Yeah. Flint Waters. Ooh. Sir, you have to be a cop. Yeah, right? Or a porn star. Flint Waters. No in between. And isn't it crazy that, like, Flint, Michigan has dirty water? Oh, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, he was the first on the scene. He ended up searching the truck, and he found that 357 smeared with blood. Yeah. They also found Matt's shoes and his credit cards. Oh, Okay. okay. But now, at this point, they're not putting together a crime. They don't know. I mean, Matt's Why? Sh- well, Matt's like, shoes. That's and, evidence. But Matt's shoes and credit cards aren't covered in blood. Yeah, and but still. He hasn't been reported missing. This is all. This is within an hour of them. Yeah, I leaving get him it. On the but fence. you put two and two together, like okay, a robbery just happened. Well, yeah. I mean, but they're not thinking that this kid's tied to a fucking fence. I, I get that. Yeah. I get that. But you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So now, according to Kristen, this is her version of events. Uh, Aaron came home at approximately 1.30 in the morning, disoriented, 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 thank you, and covered in blood. She said that he was crying and vomiting, and he hugged her and said, quote, I've done something horrible. I deserve to die. What? I uh, call fucking bullshit. Yeah. I don't think that happened. I don't I think, think so I either. I think he came home covered in blood. I don't think he came home. I deserve to die. Uh, no. No. I highly doubt that. She said she cleaned him up, gave him water, and laid him down. And that's when he told her, quote, a guy walked up to him and said that he was gay and wanted to get with Aaron and Russ. Mm-hmm. He got aggravated with him and told him that he was straight and didn't want anything to do with him. And he walked off. Then Aaron and Russ said... Let's pretend like we're gay and we can, we'll rob him and take his money. Wow. So you guys did say this. Yeah. So sexuality was a motive from the start. Oh, fuck yeah, it was. Then they said, this is what Kristen said, quote, they just wanted to beat him up bad enough to teach him a lesson not to come on to straight people and don't be aggressive about it anymore. Oh, fuck off. Are you kidding me, lady? Fuck off. Was the rape victim's skirt too short, too? Right. Are you fucking kidding me? Right. So you proved to be just as big of a piece of shit as Mm -hmm. him. Yeah. Cool. Exactly. Got it. So later that afternoon, Russell and Chastity and Aaron and Kristen meet up to coordinate what version of events they're going to give police when the time came. Because they knew, obviously, they left the truck Mm -hmm. and the time was coming. They were, the police were coming. Kristen then took Aaron to the hospital to be treated for the head injury from being hit with a stick. Now, Emiliano was seen at the hospital earlier in Laramie and got 21 staples to his head. Damn. From being hit with the butt of the gun. Damn. Yeah. So now, at some point, Russell is also seen at the Laramie ER where he gets nine stitches to the face Mm -hmm. where Aaron had pistol whipped him when he tried to stop him from hitting Matt. Uh, after dropping Aaron off at the hospital, Kristen and Chastity decided to get rid of the evidence. 
Uh, they put Russell's bloody shoes in a storage shed at Chastity's mom's and then drove 50 miles to Cheyenne to get rid of the bloody clothes. So police, like they said, had, had some of Matt's things, but still not a, a, tr- a true picture of the crime. Right. Had come together yet. Okay. You ready? Yeah. On October 7th, 1998, around 6 p.m., 19-year-old UW student Aaron Kreifels was riding his bike near new construction. Um, He hit something and fell over the handlebars onto the ground. He saw something on the fence that he fell against that he thought was what looked like a Halloween scarecrow. Oh, jeez. He looked at it and thought, well, shit. That's fucking scary. Yeah. And he kept looking at it. As he looked harder, he realized that the dirt and blood he was looking at was not fake. He then sees real hair, and then he sees the chest rise and fall. Slowly and labored, but rising and falling no less. Yeah. He realizes that this is a person. Oh, my God. This is 18 hours after the attack. Dude. Okay. Oh, my God. So he ran to a house and called 911. The first officer on the scene was Reggie Flutie. Now, Reggie's a female. Yeah. Um, she couldn't drive all the way to the fence, so she drove as far as she could and went the rest of the way on foot. Yeah. There she found Matthew on his back. His hands were tied behind his back, and he was tied to the fence. Now, the way that it sounds, it's... I, I think the fence had maybe fallen... Either way. So he had his hands tied to his back and his back was up against the fence. Okay. But the way she says like he was on his back, I don't know if that meant he was just placed on the fence on his back. Or the fence it's fell so- over. Yeah. And- it almost sounds like, I don't, I don't know. Okay. And I, I, it wasn't very, really specified. It just kept saying he was on his back. Okay. Um, now she thought originally because of his size, she thought he was a child. Oh, really? She thought he was a small child because yeah. of his stature. He's he such was such a so small, small, small guy. He was beaten beyond recognition. Um, She couldn't make out any facial features at all. Jesus. When shown a picture of him after the fact, she said, would you have recognized him? And he said, no, he was was deformed. Oh, my God. This one gets me. So the only clean spots on his face was where tears. Oh. Jeez. So he had spots on his face where tears went through dirt and blood. That was it. That was all she could see. Unreal. She also noticed that there was a doe lying in a bush right by Matt. Really? Laying down behind the bush. Yeah. When Reggie approached Matt, the doe did not move. Didn't run like they normally do. Yeah. She stood up. Reggie said, she looked at me. I looked at her. And she just walked away. Like she had been sitting with him. Yeah. You know? Oh my God. I just got chills. Yeah. So she immediately starts trying to clean Matthew's airway out. Yeah. Um, his mouth was clamped shut. So she puts on gloves and it becomes an issue later. She puts on gloves and the gloves start to break. Okay. And she does not stop what she's doing. Yeah. Now this was around the time. Like AIDS was still a huge fear. Right. Um. She didn't stop. She just kept going. She said that she remembers telling him, baby boy, I'm here, kiddo. You're going to be okay. Hang in there. Don't give up. 
Come on, you can do this. Oh, man. So Sheriff um, Dave O'Malley arrived shortly after. He said there was blood and drag marks in a 50-foot radius. So he had run, and they did drag him back. Jesus. Yeah, a lot. He's 110 pounds. Yeah. Like, where's he going to go? Take a sip, mama. Yeah. Take a breather. So now this guy, Sheriff Dave, um, he said it was the worst crime scene he'd seen in his career. Jeez. But he would also later say, quote, I was a rotten son of a bitch when it came to these issues. Prior to this investigation, I was pretty homophobic. Um, I was mean-spirited towards the gay population. I would be the first person that would tell a joke about gay Americans and, uh, the word fag rolled off my tongue very easily. Yeah. And when I got involved in this investigation, I was forced to interact with Matthew's friends, many of which were gay and lesbian, and I very quickly started to lose my ignorance. He went on to say that he didn't realize that hate crimes like this affect everyone, not just the particular individual. Yeah. And he said it was a shame that it took a tragedy such as this to open his eyes. Yeah. But he did. So you can. You can change your ideas. Yeah, you can. You can change mine. So now Matthew was taken to Ivinson Memorial Hospital in Laramie. He had four skull fractures. Jesus um, Christ. Most were to the back of his head, but he did have one in the front of his right ear. Mm-hmm. And because of the depression from the skull fracture, his right ear was almost completely ripped off. Jeez. He also had severe brain stem damage. And for those of you who don't know, your brainstem controls everything. Uh, everything. Yeah. Temperature regulation, heart rate, yeah. respirations. Everything in your body. So now the brainstem damage was from the skull fractures mm-hmm. pushing into the brainstem. Yeah. So it was essentially squeezing his brainstem, like mm-hmm. what happened to me. Yeah. Um, he also had multiple lacerations to his head, face, and neck, severe bruising to his groin. Jeez. This isn't a hate crime. Right. And was suffering from hypothermia. When Matthew was brought into this hospital in the ER, Aaron was there being treated for his skull fracture. Yeah. From being hit in the head with a stick. Right. Matthew was placed in a room four rooms away from Aaron. Oh, my God. They had no idea. Nobody had any idea. How would oh how would they know? God. Yeah, I know, you know, but that's still crazy. They noticed that Aaron was covered in a significant amount of blood, and they were kind of like, "This is too much to be just yours." Right. And he's like, "Nuts, my head. I believe a lot." Oh, wow. Okay. So now Judy and Dennis are in Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. They're not close. They're nowhere no. fucking near this. Right. The phone rang at four a.m. Dennis thought nothing of it. Because Matt would call early. Like, Mm -hmm. it's probably 7.30-ish p.m. here. It's 4 a.m. there. Right. I was actually the hospital staff saying that Matt had been found gravely ill. He was being transferred to a more equipped hospital, but he might not make it through the night, and they needed to get there. Oh, jeez. There is literally no quick way to get there. Right. None. They had to wait 20 hours just to get a flight to Amsterdam oh my for the God. flight to take them to the U.S. Yeah. There was a layover in 
uh, Minneapolis where they picked up Logan, yeah. the brother, and then they made their way to Matt. Um, at this point, he had been transferred to the ICU at Pordre Valley Hospital in Fort Collins because they were obviously better equipped yeah. to deal with traumatic injuries like that. Right. Um, the hospital just knew. They, there was no way they could handle it. Right. Um, Judy would say, quote, we needed to see him and we were afraid he would die before we got there. So she says when she walked in, quote, bandages and stitches were all over his face and there were bandages around his head where the final blows had crushed his brainstem. His fingers and toes were curled in a comatose position already. Tubes were everywhere, enabling his body to stay alive. One of his eyes was partially open, so you could see his blue eyes and the tubes in his mouth. You could see his braces, so of course it was Matt. Yeah. That's how they knew. His fucking braces. Jeez. Now, they thought he had gotten into a car accident. Really? The hospital staff did not tell them, because at that point, they weren't really sure what happened. Right. Nobody really knew what happened, other than he was tied to a fucking fence. Right. So... They tell you as little as possible, obviously, when they call you. Oh, yeah. And now these parents have a 50-hour trip to get there. and they So they didn't know. Now, while they were flying over, this blew the fuck up. Okay. Blew up. Matt's friends found out what happened and didn't want it to be deemed a robbery gone wrong. Right. And started calling every newspaper and media outlet that they could get their hands on. Good. To let them know this is a hate crime. Don't let it come off as anything but yeah. a hate crime. Good. So um, when they got to the hospital, obviously they saw him. And then they were told by a family member what had actually happened. And it was far from that car accident that they assumed. Yeah. Um, the doctors told the family that Matthew would never regain consciousness. And <sighs> if he did, he would remain in a vegetative state. Oh, my God. So... They were then told that the story was national news. Mm-hmm. Judy said she immediately ran and threw up. She was having a hard enough time dealing with the issue in and, in and of itself, but said that something so private became so public, mm-hmm. and they, they couldn't deal with that. Yeah. Um, they refused phone calls. They didn't want to talk to anybody. Um, they even attempted to refuse a phone call from President Clinton. Really? Yeah, his dad's like, yeah, I know. I don't want to take the phone. And the nurse is like, yeah, you want to take it. It's the president. And Dennis is like, cool. I don't give a fuck. Wow. <laughs> yeah. They did wow. take the phone call. They said okay. that he was very polite. Logan talked to him. Yeah. Um, so there were so many phone calls, in fact, that the hospital started posting twice daily updates on their website. Which websites were like new. You oh, know, it was yeah. a newer thing at the time. Yeah. So now... A big concern that Judy and Dennis had was if they pulled life support, if they withdrew care, would it affect any subsequent murder charges? Right. Because then technically he's dying by you removing care. Yeah. Not, you know, we know what the cause was, but, you know. Yeah. Um, But then they said. That's a good question. It doesn't affect it, by the way. It doesn't? No, it doesn't. Okay, good. Because what happened was the cause of you becoming in a vegetative state and making them make that decision. That, that's what I would think, yeah. Yeah. If, I, I wouldn't have thought of that. Right. You know? Um, they also just had to deal with trying to take their child off life support. Yeah. They couldn't do it. Oh, I, I don't know if I could. I couldn't. Yeah. I, I, I don't think I could. 
So, I mean, I couldn't with you. Right. So Logan um, had a really hard time and didn't go in the room for a couple days, actually. Yeah. He sat outside the room. Uh, the cops at this point are putting two and two together, and they go looking for Aaron and Russell. Now, um, Matt's friend Tina had actually not heard from him for a couple of days after the whole suicide conversation. Right. Her kids were sick. She kind of, you know, lost track of time. But then was like, ah, something's, I'm just going to call. So she called the police for a well-being check. Yeah. And when they asked, you know, the friend's name, she gave the name, and she said the cops were silent and then just started asking me all these questions. Yeah. Do you know, you know, Aaron McKinney and Russell Henderson? Do you know where he was last? All that stuff. So she's like, obviously something fucking happened. Oh, yeah. But they wouldn't tell me anything. Right. They can't. So, you know. Um, Aaron was, um, they were both arrested for attempted murder and brought in. Good. Um, Aaron was very nonchalant and almost casual in his interview. Oh, what a dick. He said that in the truck, Matthew put his hand on his leg and asked, quote, when are we going to get where you live? He said that's why he beat him. Yeah. Because he put his hand on his leg. I highly doubt that. He would later recant and say Matt looked like he was going to maybe touch him. Right, right. There you go. That's more accurate. Yeah. Um... He called Matt in his interview every gay slur you could think of. What a dick. Everyone. Unreal. Um, he ended up writing a letter from jail to another inmate's wife. What? Yeah. Yeah. Um, he said, the fuck quote, is that about? Being a very drunk homophobic, I flipped out and began to pistol whip the fag with my gun. When Matthew, uh, when asked if Matt asked him to stop, he replied, quote, well, yeah, he was getting the shit kicked out of him. But this isn't a hate crime. Right. Uh, but And went on to say, quote, most of all, he was screaming. Jeez. So then Aaron said he kept repeating. He lost it. He blacked out. He couldn't remember. He couldn't, you know, I don't yeah. know. I saw red. I don't, I don't know. So you're setting up your defense. Right, right. Um, he did say that Russell giggled through all of this, but never hit Matthew. Um, he said also that when he noticed how the truck would, was parked, he noticed that Matt could probably see the plates on the truck. So he asked Matt to read them and Matt read them, read the plates three times. So he said he knew at this point that Matt would be able to identify him. Yeah. And this is when it's speculated that he hit Matt with the final blow to the back of his head that rendered him unconscious. Um, it's clear to everyone that it's it's a hate crime. And oh, they, yeah. they don't want it buried. Yeah. Um, Walt Bolden is now at the hospital and he's making phone calls, you know, to make sure that it's not. So he's with his parents. Uh, the PD brings in Aaron and Russell's girlfriends. Both admit their parts. Wow. Openly. Good. And both are arrested for accessories after the fact to attempted murder. Good. Judy and Dennis were just waiting. They were waiting. They were mm-hmm. holding vigil. Um, they didn't, they, they were grappling with taking him off, yeah. you know. Oh, God, I could um, only imagine. So Dennis was going stir crazy and said he wanted to find something to bring Matt back to Matt again. Mm-hmm. So he drove four hours to their uh, Casper storage unit. He was looking for a particular thing. It was a stuffed bunny named Oscar that Matt took everywhere with him. Yeah. He couldn't find it. He ended up finding it later, and he still has it. 
Um, but he brought other things yeah, with him. You right, know? right. So now at this point, they're five, six days in. Yeah. And they know it, it's time for him to go. They, yeah. they know it. Um, they're afraid that he's holding on for them, but they couldn't withdraw care. And they couldn't be the ones to tell him, right. like, it's okay to go. Right. So they ask Walt to do it. The guidance counselor. Wow. Yeah. So now they say, we, we can't. We just can't do it. Yeah. We know what we have to do. But we can't. But we can't, yeah. you know. So mm. they ask Walt if he could go in and tell Matt it's, it's okay to let go. Yeah. So Walt said he knew it would be unbelievably hard, but knew that he had to after Matt's parents put their trust in him. Right. So Walt went in and he sat with Matt and told him, you need to let go. Yeah. Don't put this on your parents. Don't make them be the ones to take you off. You need to go go peacefully on your own. Right. Your parents are okay, but they know that you're tired and they want you to let go. Yeah. It's okay, baby. Take a breather. So, October 12th, 1998, at 12.53 a.m., Matthew Wayne Shepard passed away. His parents were in his room with him, and Judy and Logan were holding his hands. So he knew. He heard him. Yeah. Okay, now I'm going to get mad again. On October 18th, 1998, Matt's funeral was held at St. Mark's Episcopal Church. They were Episcopalian. Okay. He was an altar boy. Was he? Yeah. Um, Altar boys. Hundreds of people. Hundreds, upwards of thousands of people attended to the point that they opened the church across the street to stream it, essentially. Like, oh, I really? Like, I don't know how they did it then, but like, yeah, it was a huge, it was only October, but there was a huge snowstorm. Yeah. So they opened the church across the street so people could go in and sit, oh, that's you know, cool. and get warm and stuff. That's awesome. Now, this was one of the first big appearances of the Westboro Baptist Church. Oh my God! Yeah, these fucking assholes. I first of all, how do you call yourself a church? Right. And it's my understanding. I believe the the founder died. Good. Yeah, we know you're not with Jesus. Right. Um, they were holding signs uh, that said "God hates fags." Mm-hmm. They were holding other signs that said "Matt in Hell" with a picture of Matt on him. Dude, these fucking assholes. There were children holding signs that said, Matt equals anal sex equals, and then a skull and crossbones. Dude, what and the children, fuck are yeah. you teaching your kids? Children holding signs of stick figures having anal sex. Dude, what are you teaching your kids? Like, I know I'm not the best parent, but, but like, whew. what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Dear Lord. They were screaming that Matthew got what he deserved. Dude, I would... Oh, my God. The city did the best that they could to corral them into one spot. Yeah. They obviously, they had the right to protest. Yeah. And the city gave them the right to protest, but did what they could to 
essentially corral them. Right. You know. Right. Um, God, they protest soldiers. The, they, they're fucking assholes. Like, you know, it's the soldiers who made it okay for you to right to, to do, do this? what you're doing, and you hold up signs that say "God loves dead soldiers." Right? Are you fucking kidding me? Dude, they're they're assholes. There's like, no other word for them. You but fucking assholes are pieces of fucking shit. Right. So now, because of this, just a short side note: um, a friend of Matt's came up with the idea of angels, of angel wings. So these guys, I'll get to them in a second because it comes up a little bit later too. Um, so Aaron and Russell's original charges of attempted murder, kidnapping, and aggravated robbery were upgraded to first-degree murder. Good. This Good. made them eligible for the death penalty. Yes. Bless you, that's Wyoming. What I li- yes, that's what I like to hear. Now, the girlfriend's charges were also upgraded now to accessory after the fact to first-degree murder. Good. Good. In December of 1998, Chastity pled guilty and was sentenced to 15 months to two years. On April 5th of 1999, Russell pled guilty to murder and kidnapping to avoid trial. Wow. He avoided the death penalty by agreeing to testify against Aaron and was sentenced to two consecutive life terms. Normally, they're concurrent. Yeah. They don't really say consecutive. So it means even like the one guy who lived after the execution attempt. Yeah. Do do I get to go now? (laughs) Right. Like these guys would have to stay. Right. So Aaron's trial started in October of 1995. Kristen got on the stand and testified uh, that Aaron told her that he, quote, pretended they were gay to get Shepard in the truck and rob him. Now, because of this, she was able to plead guilty to a reduced charge of misdemeanor misdemeanor interference with a police officer. What the fuck? Really? Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> now, Aaron's attorneys went with the gay panic defense. And we, we just, we talked about this in another episode. Yeah. The absurdity of it is. Uh, it's crazy. But the fact that it's still a thing. Right. It's still a thing. Right. There's still How? a law going through. They're trying to pass. It's not passed to, to federally ban this. It's 2023. Right. People get, get with it. Now I'm, I'm going to ask, do women and men get the same defense if a woman comes up to you and says something so obscene to you you reach out and strike her or kill her and vice versa a man says something so obscene to me that i do it do do i get to use the heterosexual panic defense exactly Mm, no nope huh so the five foot two 110 pound kid scared you yeah okay cool yeah got it um, they said that Aaron was driven to temporary insanity by the alleged sexual advances by Matt. What the to fuck? To which the judge said, uh, poo-poo on you. <laughs> poo-poo on you. No, no. Fuck you. We're not buying that. Yeah. I Try like... another defense. We're not using it. Yeah. A poo-poo on you. <laughs> A poo-poo on you. So the jury ended up finding him not guilty of first degree murder. What? But guilty of felony murder. 
Now, in Wyoming, felony murder, it basically broadens the crime. It means when someone is killed, regardless of intent, because the jury said they couldn't prove intent, not spur of the moment intent. Okay. Okay. So in Wyoming, felony murder is when someone is killed, regardless of intent, in the commission of a dangerous crime or felony, the offender and accomplices or co-conspirators may also be found guilty of murder. Good. So because he committed, Matthew died while he was committing a felony of armed robbery. Right. He is felony murder. Good. Good. So, um... Do you still get the death penalty for that? Yes, you are still eligible for the death penalty. Okay. They let Matthew's parents decide. Oh, really? Yeah. This one's... Oh, boy. I have to take a drink. Yeah, take a sip. Take a sip, Mama, and take a vape. I need a vape right now. Mm -hmm. Too much is going on. So... Because of Matt's parents, Aaron was sentenced also to two consecutive life terms without the possibility of parole. Wow. Now, Matt's dad gave a statement at Aaron's um, sentencing. Yeah. He didn't have a trial. Um, But then they allowed him to give a statement at Aaron's. Mm Mm-hmm. So, he said, quote, My son did not look like a winner. He was rather uncoordinated and wore braces from the age of 13 until the day he died. Which sucks. Yeah, that does suck. By the way. Yeah. Sorry, Matt. We have a Visalign now. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, however, in his all too brief life, he proved that he was a winner. On October 6th, 1998, my son tried to show the world that he could win again. On October 12th, 1998, my firstborn son and hero lost. That's, it's a doctor's office calling you back. Is it? Yeah. Okay. On October 12th, 1998, my firstborn son and hero died 50 days before his 22nd birthday. Oh, jeez. Take a breath. You can make it through, baby. I kept wondering the same thing I did the first time I saw him in the hospital. Let me turn this if I can read it. What would he have become? How could he have changed his piece of the world to make it better? Matt officially died in a hospital in Fort Collins, Colorado. He he actually died on the outskirts of Laramie, Tied to a fence. You, Mr. McKinney, with your friend, Mr. Henderson, left him out there by himself, but he wasn't alone. There were his lifelong friends with him. Take a breath, baby. Do you need me to read it? No, No, you're going to be worse than me. Yeah, I will be. (laughs) These were friends that he had grown up with. You're probably wondering who those friends were. First, he had the beautiful night sky and the same stars and moon that we used to see through a telescope. Then he had the daylight and the sun to shine on him. 
I have to flip it. Do you need a dad joke right now? No. (laughs) (laughs) And through it all, he was breathing in the scent of pine trees from the snowy range. He heard the wind, the ever-present Wyoming wind, for the last time. He had one more friend with him. He had God. And I felt better knowing he wasn't alone. Matt's beating, hospitalization, and funeral focused worldwide attention on hate. Good is coming out of the evil. People have finally said, enough is enough. I miss my son, but I am proud to be able to say he is my son. Judy has been quoted as being against the death penalty. It has also been stated that Matt was against the death penalty. Both of these statements are wrong. Matt believed that there were crimes and incidents that justified the death penalty. I too believe in the death penalty. I would like nothing more than to see you die, Mr. McKinney. However, this is the time to begin the healing process. To show mercy to someone who refused to show any mercy. Mr. McKinney, I am going to grant you life as hard as it is for me to do because of Matthew. Wow. Every time you celebrate Christmas, a birthday, the 4th of July, remember that Matt isn't. Every time you wake up in your prison cell and... Excuse me. Every time you wake up in your prison cell, remember that you had the opportunity and the ability to stop your actions that night. You robbed me of something precious, and I will never forgive you for that, Mr. McKinney. I give you life in the memory of one who no longer lives. May you have a long life, and may you thank Matthew every day for it. Wow. That's powerful. Dude, I would have fucking jumped over the goddamn... Pews. Oh, I would have too. Yeah. There, so there's no way I oh would have been able to do that. So both men were sent. Both men were sent to Wyoming State Penitentiary, but were both later moved to overcrowding. And for the longest time, they would not disclose their actual locations. Really. Um, both men also refused to give interviews for a long time. Yeah. Um, in 2004, 2020, aired a report stating uh, that the murder was not motivated by sexuality, but was primarily a drug-related robbery. Oh, my God, stop. Kristen recanted her testimony, stating, quote, I don't think it was a hate crime at all. It was a murder that was once again driven by drugs. Oh, stop. Yeah. Especially in 2009, Aaron himself gave an interview and said that people should have little doubt that Matt's murder was a hate crime. Dude, stating, shut your mouth. No, he said, don't doubt it was a hate oh, crime. Oh, okay. He okay. said, quote, the night I did it, I did it out of hatred for homosexuals. So how come you guys are saying it wasn't a hate crime, but the guy who did it... Is. Yeah. He then went on to reiterate that Matthew was targeted because he was, quote, obviously gay. Jeez. Oh, yeah. Uh, on October 22nd, 2009... The Matthew Shepard and James Byrd Jr. Hate Crimes Prevention Act was passed. Good. And on October 28th of 2009, it was signed into law by President Barack Obama as a writer to the National Defense uh, Authorization Act for 2010. Awesome. So now, James Byrd, um, I feel like you got to throw a little bit of him in there too. Mm-hmm. He was an African American male who. Um, Got a ride with four Caucasian males. Yeah. Um, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. He um he knew one of the guys, so he didn't think anything of it. Right. 
they ended up tying uh, James to the back of the truck and driving him miles. Yeah, I um, remember. The way that the marks were on his body, it showed that he was trying to move back and forth, probably to either come unloose or alleviate the pain. Right. Um, and the only reason that they stopped was because they went over a drainage ditch and James Bird was decapitated. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. So, this is obviously the act. So, this, um, it creates a new federal criminal law which criminalizes willfully causing bodily injury or attempting to do so with fire, firearm, or other dangerous weapons when uh, the crime was committed because of the actual or perceived race, color, religion, national origin of any person, um, national, or excuse me, gender, sexual orientation, gender identity, or disability. So, fuck you. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. Now, in 2014... Okay. Um, I keep wanting to say this one. It's not his name. It's That's the name of a guy I used to work with. The um, investigative reporter for 2020, um, his first name... Oh, it is, yeah. Steven Jimenez. Um, he wrote a book. Wow. And he wrote a book... Um, it was called The Book of Matt, Hidden Truths About the Murder of Matthew Shepard. Yeah. Um, this book says basically that the murder was not a hate crime, but he instead blamed it on crystal meth. Wow. He alleges in this book that Matthew and Aaron not only knew each other prior to the murder, but had had several sexual encounters. What? Mm-hmm. And that... Matthew was addicted to and dealing crystal meth along with heroin. And that um, they were going to rob him because of a $10,000 crystal meth drop. What? That's why they were looking for his house. I don't believe it. A lot of people don't. Yeah. A a lot of people don't. I I just can't believe that. Now, let's play devil's advocate. Even if that was the case... It does not it it does not take away from what happened. Right. If anything, it would almost substantiate the hate crime more. Yeah. Because Aaron is clearly homophobic. Right. And if he's having sexual encounters with a gay man, right. He's obviously not accepting his own sexuality. Exactly. So now you're overcompensating. Yeah. For sure. You you beat him beyond recognition including his groin yeah you were proving a point oh yeah without a doubt was that point that you were fighting your own sexuality yeah so devil's advocate even if that was the case Mm -hmm. um he says in his book that a lot of people do not accept that theory because it takes away from matt being the martyr of the gay community wow I don't think Matt wanted to be a murderer. I don't think. I, th- I think it just. I think it just happened. It and did just it, happen. You know. So yeah. It did a, just happen. His friends were the ones that yeah. called all the media. Yeah. Now, uh, this man interviewed uh, a limo driver. His name was Doc. He yeah. was the one who said that they had knew each other and they had sexual encounters. That he had witnessed it. And like I said, if that was the case. So be it. 
It yeah. doesn't take away from it, what happened. No, it doesn't not make at all. it any better. And we said this with Brianna Taylor. Right. I don't care who you're hanging out with. It did not make what happened right. Right. So a lot of what he says in the book, he says he can substantiate and he said that there's proof that they were seen together. I don't think it was very solid, but that's, I mean, that's obviously not for me to judge, which is why I won't put a lot of oomph into it. Yeah. Yeah. So now Matt was not buried. Really? His parents were afraid that um, his, his grave would become a a place of hate and it would be vandalized and, you know, so he was cremated and they kept the ashes. Okay. However... Um, in 2018, he was actually, they had a, an entire service for him, a ceremony of prayer, speeches, and hymns at the Washington National Cathedral, Cathedral, which is an Episcopalian house of worship. Mm-hmm. Um, he was, he's in the mausoleum there. Nice. So he was finally nice. laid to rest after fucking decades. How many years? Yeah. yeah. So now... <clears throat> I don't know where I put the angel thing. So you've probably seen it. There's a group now because of Matt um, that dress up and will go to these funerals. Yeah. They went to the funerals of all of the people who died at the Pulse nightclub. Mm -hmm. They made angel costumes, essentially, out of sheets and PVC piping. Yeah. And what they do is they block the signs. These costumes are big enough to block signs on sticks and being held up and they block the signs and they sing louder than the people scream that's awesome so these people can actually have their time of of worship that's awesome you know mourning yeah how cool is that so that is the story of matthew shepherd you doing okay baby yeah that one was rough yeah i know i know it was Oh, what an interesting story, though. I mean, good came out of it, though. I mean, the way you got to think, though, is good came out of it. Right. Right. Well, yeah, absolutely. The legislature that passed, you know. Yeah. And, like, this is proof positive that there is true evil in this world. Oh, God, yeah. There was... If you still don't believe that, Mm -hmm. I, 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 I just, I'm baffled. Because there is. There's just people that want to do harm to others. They want to do bad things to people. Right. Neither one of these two men had ever been um, diagnosed with any kind of mental illness. Right. That they could I mean, they both had rough upbringings. Okay, and so did you. Right. I I mean, that's what kills me. Like, And with what we see every day, too, stuff like that is, is certainly generational. Yeah. But you still get to a point where you make a decision. Well, you're either going to follow that I path did. that you've watched. Yeah. Or you're going to choose a different path. Now, Russell's childhood, okay. It, it started off rocky. He ended up with his grandparents. He was doing great. Mm-hmm. And then he wasn't. Right. You can't blame a, a troubled childhood on that. Right. You, you just can't. And you can't blame mental illness because it's just not there they didn't have any exactly and you know now russell has given interviews and he says that he's remorseful and he thinks about matt every day and aaron will say still publicly that he is the only one who hit matt yeah and that when aaron did try and stop him 
he hit Aaron. Yeah. And you can see the scar on Aaron's face where he was hit and had stitches. Oh, really? Um, but you didn't stop. You didn't. You, why didn't you get in the truck and go drive and yeah. find somebody? Exactly. Like. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's a, true. It's, it's true evil. evil. There's no way around yeah. it. It is. And it is. and Aaron's attorneys say, well, you know, sometimes he's remorseful. He's no. not right now. No. Literally said in a statement, he's currently not. You know, but he was before. Fuck off. Right. Right. Fuck off. Right. Your kid's oh, well. going to see that? Is that what you want your kid's legacy to be? Yeah. But that's what his dad did? Right. So, yeah, I don't I don't give a flying fuck what what matt did prior to this it doesn't justify anything that happened to him right no you're exactly right and i just feel like people just can't let it just let it go let it go dude it's he's gone does it matter right do we have to come out now and say well we don't think it was a hate crime why why right why do we have to dig it up right now yeah there's no reason to you're gonna make his family go through that again you're going to make his friends go th- through that again? Yeah. You know, the one sheriff who was talking about how he changed his mind and everything, he said that a lot of Matt's friends left the area. And he never realized how bad the discrimination was. Mm-hmm. And he's like, but I've also never been afraid to go in and buy a six-pack of beer like they are. Right. So, what? leave it alone. Yeah. You know? Oh, what a story. Yeah. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that. I'm sorry it was a tearjerker, but it needed to be said. Yeah, it so, did. Uh, it did. whatever platform you guys are listening to us on, please hit that five star liking. If you want to become a Patreon, www.patreon.com forward slash death do us part number one. Look at you. You are on point. I'm right on now. point. Look at you. Uh, hit us up on social media. We love talking to you guys. Um, well, I do. Jamie doesn't really answer to Oh, me. I love talking to you. I'm just <laughs> fucking a piece she of forget- trash and yeah, forget. Yeah, she forgets to hit the send button. I forget to hit send to you. <laughs> I know. And then I look and I'm like, fuck, did I send that? Right. Three days later and you're like, no. No. <laughs> Damn it. So, all right, guys. Uh, next episode will be a Patreon. It will be the Idaho case. So, it, for, we keep saying the Idaho case. The four college students. The that four were college students, yeah. <laughs> I guess we should specify. Yeah. I, so, um, hope you guys enjoyed this one, and we will be talking to you soon. Bye. Bye. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.